Hey everybody, Jeremy Markovich here. Two quick notes before we get going. First, this podcast has a new home. It's now part of the North Carolina Rabbit Hole, which you can find at ncrabbithole.com. There you can check out previous episodes of Away Message. You can find any new episodes that we're putting out. And if you like this podcast, I think, no guarantees, but I think you will like my weekly newsletter. It is about weird North Carolina stuff comes out every Thursday. It is free if you want it to be, and you can sign up at ncrabbithole.com. Second, this episode was produced during my time at Our State Magazine. Now, I happen to think that most of it still holds up, but some of the promo codes and websites that I mention may no longer work. Okay, here's the show. One morning, three years ago, I opened my garage door and started walking. Okay, it is 8.31, and I am setting off. I walked out of my neighborhood, turned right, and started following the Mountains to Sea Trail. Now, the trail here isn't actually a trail. It's the roadside. And I wasn't really trying to hike the MST as much as I was just trying to walk to work 14 miles away. Now, you may remember this from the last episode of the first season of this podcast. I started in tiny little Oak Ridge, ended in big city Greensboro four hours later. Now, the last half of my walk was within the city limits, down sidewalks and the bike path. Fairly easy, just took a while. But the first part, not so easy. I'm about like a half mile into the walk, and I'm on... A road, bunch road, the speed limit is 45. And I'm walking actually on in a ditch with a lot of cars going by. I could walk on the shoulder, but the shoulder's only, it's like a foot wide. And it's very apparent that this is not a footpath. Every time a car came, I'd jump off the road just in case the person behind the wheel was texting or something. I'm totally in my right to be on the road, on the shoulder, but I'm not really willing to, you know, get hit by a car to demonstrate my rights. Every time I jumped, I'd land in the ditch, and then the car would pass, and I'd get back out of the ditch, and then another car would come, and I'd jump back in, and on and on. It was slow going, and because I was worried about twisting an ankle, I didn't look up as often to see the horse pastures, the rows of corn and tobacco and soybeans. Instead, I mostly looked down, which was not as pretty. Much sumac, crickets, beer cans, lots of beer cans, water bottles. This all felt strange to me because I am a sucker for a good country road. There's just something about driving on a warm summer day with the windows down, the wind in your hair, the radio on, the trees and the fields flying by, the sunshine streaming in. But it wasn't until that day when I realized that the thing that made everything enjoyable was the driving part of it. You take away the driving, the protection and the safety and the ease that a car provides, the same trip becomes a lot less romantic. This ditch is... It's very, um, some 
brambles. So, if that sounds like fun, then buddy, have I got some news for you. If you decide to thru-hike the Mountains to Sea Trail, you are going to spend hundreds of miles walking on roads just like that one. Watching out for cars, dealing with the sun, and being very aware of how often the state highway crew comes out to mow. A full third of the MST runs along the roadside. And while that is changing, right now, it is what it is. Where I would guess in the next five to seven years, there will be enough new trail that it will make the trail really appealing to more people than it is right now. That is Kate Dixon, the executive director of the Friends of the Mountains to Sea Trail. Like I think a lot of people who do the, the trail right now really love the experience, but I think you need to be a pretty intrepid hiker in order to take that on. Now, if you're wondering how intrepid, consider this. The Mountains to Sea Trail was created in 1977, but it was 20 years before anybody actually hiked the entire trail. Two guys, actually, Alan DeHart and Alan Householder. The next thru-hiker didn't come along for another five years after that. In fact, in the entire history of the Mountains to Sea Trail, only 112 people have completed the whole thing. That's it. 43 years, 112 hikers. By comparison, eight times as many people complete the Appalachian Trail every year. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that. The MST, it's in a much earlier stage of its development, so it's also they're just the logistics of doing the trail are so much harder than for the Appalachian Trail. That aside, there's also this other thing at work here, this idealized version of what it means to hike a long-distance trail. Now, I think you might kind of know what that looks like. A lot of nature combined with splendid isolation, where the grist of everyday life is nowhere to be found. There are overlooks and rushing streams and wildflowers and no cars and no houses and no people commuting to work and no modern stress. You can only go where your legs take you, and you can only survive on what you can find and what you can carry. It all sounds so beautifully simple, right? Except, no. If you want to finish the entire MST, you have to get rid of that notion. Because if you came to this trail to get away from everything, you're eventually going to be hiking on the side of a road right back in the thick of the world that you were trying to leave behind. What I'm trying to say is, you can't really have a proper appreciation for the amazing parts of the MST without looking at the least popular parts, the parts you only do if you're trying to complete the whole thing. And those parts are going to be hot, and gritty, and loud. There will be traffic. Lots of traffic. Strangely enough, walking and biking through a busy world built for cars can be isolating in its own way. But it can open your eyes to things that have always been right in front of you. Things you didn't even know were there. From Our State Magazine, this is Away Message, Season 4. A trip across North Carolina on the Mountains to Sea Trail. 
I'm Jeremy Markovich. So up until this point, all of the people that I've been following have been walking along the same path and doing it in roughly the same way. But now that is going to change. Now we'll catch up with Aaron and Lexi later on, but I want to start with Aaron Brennan. Who, by the time she got to Elkin, was done with hiking in more ways than one. I mean, my feet were sore the entire time because you're switching between different types of terrain. You're on dirt, on trails that are very skinny and kind of tilted. You know, you're walking downhill over rocks that are about the size of your feet, which is pretty uncomfortable. And then you're on road, and then you're walking through a pasture that's soaking wet, you know, with dew, morning dew or, you know, post-rain. And so you never really get into a great rhythm in terms of that. But remember, Aaron's plan was to hike the first part of the trail in the mountains, to kayak the last parts along the coast, and to bike the long section in between. And in Elkin, she and her partner Thomas were slowly but surely making the transition from backpacking to bikepacking. How did you get the skin knee? Well, we were riding around a little bit this morning, and I switched to my clip-in shoes. So I've fallen three times already in the first uh, two or three hours of riding. Um... All pretty minor, and I'm kind of glad that it happened because it, like, got the fear aspect out of the way. I haven't fallen. A few days later, Hello. they rolled into Oak Ridge, where I live. So I ran over to the park where they were camping, and I brought my kids. What about, have you ever had s'mores? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love s'mores. I think that's the best part about camping, don't you? They said hi, and then they went off to the playground. That way I could get a better look at what Erin had carried here on her bike. An entire pizza. So, so you had Bill's pizza this morning for breakfast? Yep. I had started with the Hawaiian yeah. and then went meat lovers because that is probably like 500 calories a slice. Aaron and Thomas's bikes are built to carry a lot of things. They're really heavy duty with knobby tires, a bulky frame, and a bunch of saddlebags. So it's kind of like driving like a big Mack truck except for it's a bike. Well, I've never driven a Mack truck, but maybe. <laughs> like, seriously. Drives less like a sports car and more like a barge. And it's heavy. Maybe a little too heavy for the kickstand. Oh! Every time I'm nervous that so that's, you know, not uh-huh. going to catch. It's going to yeah. go tumbling over. I'm the only one with a functioning kickstand right now. Oh, man. And but, I'm worried it's going to... What happened to you? Do you your your bust off? Or? Mine broke the first day, so uh. it's just way too much weight for a kickstand. But still, even with the bulky bikes, it is much easier to get around on two wheels than on two feet. How's the, uh, how's the last couple days of a biking been? Pretty good. They've been pretty short days, which has been nice. I think, again, it's like lessons learned from the hike is don't come out of the gate with high expectations. of just knocking down miles, which I think has been nice because it's given us time to do some stuff when we get to places. So we got to Pilot Mountain and we were able to explore for like half the day, you know, just doing the trails and actually hiking up to Pilot Mountain. And then we did the same thing at Hanging Rock. So um, it's been really nice. And like yesterday, um, you know, I didn't get here till three o'clock, but I met some new folks at the campground and then had coffee at a coffee shop with an hour with a couple that was uh, retired military. And then we went to pretty general store and I probably hung out there for an hour so. It just allows you to take your time a little bit more and, uh, you know, get to do some things you probably wouldn't spend a whole lot of time doing if you were hiking because you're tired and cranky. 
So it extends your range because like you can get to places or you get to places sooner, and it doesn't mind. It doesn't you could like go up and like hike around Pilot Mountain because you're like, ah, oh, I've been on the bike all day. I'll just walk around. And versus like if you were on a hike and you're like, well, this is a side trail. It's like an extra three miles. I don't want to add that to my day. Yeah, we did no extra hiking when we were on foot. We didn't, you know. We didn't detour to see anything. We kind of laugh like we missed like what Stone Mountain, and uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Big highlights that the trail doesn't actually go through, so you have to like detour and go see them. And we didn't plan that into our hiking day, so I just like couldn't fathom yeah. taking the time to do it. I think you were yeah, yeah couple, Stone Mountain. The couple days I was with you, we were hiking pretty high mileage days, and there would be like a waterfall like half a mile away. And we we're like, mm, no, nope. I, I don't think we're gonna add a a mile in total onto our 23-mile day or whatever yeah. it is. Like, yeah, just couldn't do it. By the way, that last voice is Aaron's husband, Jeff, who's still active duty in the Army, but got a few days off to tag along. How much paying attention are you are you, are you you doing versus, like, how much you're like, ah, eh, she's not doing her own thing. I'll, I'll check in with her in a couple days. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, so I guess since we've been in the military and we've spent so much time apart and we're used to not having constant daily communication, um, if I don't hear from her for a, for a day... It's not a big deal. Um, but generally, I do talk to her every single day, and I get, I'm getting updates on what mileage marker she's at, and I can kind of track her as she's going through the, each segment. After I talked with Jeff, we all had some logistics to work out. Now, at this point, and on most points where the trail follows the road, there are no markers or signs or tiny white circles to follow. The MST is invisible, so Thomas had to figure out the route for that day on the smartphone that he had strapped to his handlebars. So we'll have to cut across here. Yeah, you'll cut across on the, those the north side of Greensboro, which is... Uh, and once we get to that point, that's the soccer complex there. Uh-huh. And, then and I had to make sure the kids were entertained. Daddy, can you push me, can you push me on something? Yes, I will push you on something. And then we're going to go. And when I came back later on my bike, everything was packed up and ready to go. So you have strapped your pizza boxes onto the front of the of the bike of the yeah. Look at that. You know we're testing all the capabilities. Yeah. Here, so. so pizza box on, kickstand up, and Thomas, you can take lead. What's that? Out in these country areas. Yeah. You have dogs chasing you all the time. Oh no, dogs chasing you? I haven't been attacked, but I've had quite a few run with me for a while. Yeah. I ended up sticking with them for about three miles, riding down a state highway, and then stopping at the street at the top of my neighborhood for one last goodbye. See y'all later. Bye. And for a while, I didn't really hear much from Aaron. Now, I knew that this part of the trip would go faster because obviously you can cover a lot more ground on a bike than you can on foot. But what I didn't really think about was just how fast it would go. Two weeks after I last saw Erin, she sent me a text message. It said, hey, Jeremy, my last day of biking will be tomorrow. My response, quote, holy crap, that went quick. So a few days later, I jumped in the car and drove out to the coast. So you're done with the biking. Yeah. Erin left Clingman's Dome on May 15th. She got to Elkin, about 375 miles away, on June 19th, 35 days later. 
Now, don't worry, I'm gonna do the math here for you. That is an average of about 11 miles a day. But it took her about half as long to get from there to the Atlantic Ocean. Basically, she covered 600 miles in two and a half weeks. To break it down for you even more, 11 miles a day hiking versus 33 miles a day biking. Like, how did it go? Yeah, the biking was a blast. Honestly, like, looking back on the past couple weeks, it's just really just kind of, like, fun memories. You know, the hike, I mean, the hike, really fun in and of itself as well. But there's, I think there's a lot more hard times with the hiking. You know, like, you... You're like earning every step with the hike, whereas with the bike, you are so mobile and, you know, sometimes the miles come a lot easier. It's a complete game changer. For one thing, the days, they're shorter. I would say like the way I did it, I did it pretty slowly, all things considered. Um, Again, I think my longest day was just under 80 miles and that was my last day. And I still did that, you know, starting at 630 in the morning and I was done before three o'clock. That extra time and extra range Both allow you to experience things that have nothing to do with hiking or camping or trail life. One of the nights, um, my husband Jeff came out for, I think, four or five days of biking. We were planning on camping either, I think, at Enos River State Park or even the Falls Lake area. Um, But then we decided to go into Durham that night because we realized it was only an hour bike ride away. So um, Durham itself isn't on the trail, but we drove or excuse me, we biked from Eno down to Durham and got in. We Airbnb'd a tiny house in somebody's backyard and we went to a Durham Bulls game, went to get a nice dinner. And uh, that was just kind of an unexpected, you know, spontaneous thing we did that, you know, we never would have done if we were on foot. So Aaron at one point told me that at a community support stop, someone from a VFW post gave her a gift card to the Outback Steakhouse. And at first it's like, okay, I'm hiking the mountains to sea trail. What am I going to do with an Outback gift card? But then she realized, oh, wait a minute. I am riding through cities now. I can stop for a blue and onion kind of whenever I want. But those big cities did come with a downside. Going through the populated areas, I mean... It's funny because I like to think of myself as being more inclined as a city person and not a big city, but I like being around populated areas, but I definitely did not like it, um, at least on this trip. Biking in those areas is pretty miserable. It's not enjoyable. The landscape is not scenic. But once Aaron got past Raleigh and dipped into the sand hills and then the coastal plain, things started looking up. So coming out of those populated areas was really a a pleasant change. So um, it was really cool because um, I think it was described as kind of the agricultural center. And you're coming through all these fields of tobacco and cotton. And it's a really cool sight to see. And it's pretty scenic to do on a bike. Aaron zipped through eastern North Carolina, through little towns like Smithfield and Clinton, White Oak and Burgaw. And for the first time, she was out there, completely alone. So when when did you and Thomas decide to split up? Yeah, it was kind of funny. We didn't necessarily decide to split up. It kind of just happened. Um... So when Aaron and Jeff took some time to bike into Durham, Thomas just kept going. And he and Aaron quickly discovered that they hiked at the same pace. But on the bike, not so much. If there was a point that I wanted to stop at, I stopped at it and just usually spent the night there. So usually I'd only do like a half a day of biking and then would stop and hang out somewhere for the rest of the day. But Thomas kept biking and kept going and kept going so far that he ended up being on track 
to finish more than a week ahead of Aaron. What's that been like to be, you know, after this, even being on the trail and, and being on the road and being on the, you know, hiking to be by yourself for the, for really like the first time? I guess it really wasn't weird for me. Um, I don't know. You're, you're, you're making your own decisions. So that's, I guess, different. You're saying, okay, I want to go here and then you go and do it. That got me thinking about something that Erin told me back in Elkin. She said that she felt a change coming on, a subtle one. In the Army, she said, there was a team mentality that a lot of your decisions were made for you. There was a structure and a chain of command, but out here on the road, and especially now that she was riding by herself, the we finally gave way to the me. Erin could go at her own pace, go see what she wanted to see, camp where she wanted to camp. She was alone and free. You don't have to worry about you know texting the other person and being like, hey, like I, I maybe don't think I want to push the next 30 miles. I guess you don't have to do those kind of coordinations, but I guess it hasn't seemed like such a big, dramatic, you know, shift. The dramatic shift was in the landscape. There were a lot of farms and swamps and everything was very flat. And as much as Erin wanted to stop and explore and take things slow, she was also very determined to make it to Surf City, the first place where the MST touches the Atlantic Ocean. The goal? To dip her bike tire in the water, rain or shine. I was biking down 17 into Surf City, and, I mean, it just looked wicked ahead. You know, dark skies. You, you you could see that it was already raining and it was, you know, I was riding right towards it. So um, it wasn't a question of whether I was going to get wet. It was just kind of like, how bad is this going to get? She can hear the thunder and sees lightning up ahead. And then suddenly she's right in it. And then one hit right over top. And I was like, yep, now's probably the time that I need to, um, you know, pull off and find some shelter. Now, in some places, shelter is hard to come by. On this part of the trip, though, all she had to do was duck into a gas station, wait out the storm, and keep going. So Surf City, the trail kind of comes right in over the Surf City Bridge. And, you know, you come kind of come up over that bridge and you can see everything there in Surf City. And then you come back down over the other side and, um, you know, you go right into the visitor center parking lot, kind of up a ramp that they have there. And you turn the corner and there's a big flag and an MST sign. And then you can take your bike right down onto the beach, um, which obviously people typically walk if they're doing the hiking trail. But, but it was cool to take my bike down there and uh, kind of like, hey, I've arrived at the ocean moment. So. Very cool. Yeah, what's that like when you see you, you you stood at the highest point in the state, you know, pretty far to the west, and then all, then you're at the ocean for the first time. You see the ocean, and you know you 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 have not gotten there by car. Yeah, it, it's weird because you know I feel like it hasn't been that long of a trip, but it makes it seem like it was a really long time ago that we stood you know on Klingman's Zone prior to stepping off for the first time and. It just really cool, honestly. Like you think about North Carolina, that that's what it makes me think of. Is is wow, how crazy is it that North Carolina has all of these things? Like I stood on, a, you know, the highest point on, you know, the Appalachian Trail, you know, the first day, and then here I am standing on the beach, and you know, it literally makes you kind of do like a time lapse in your mind, you know, over the last two months or so, and uh, it's really pretty amazing that North Carolina has all these things. So for Aaron Brennan. The hiking was slow and hard. The biking was fast and kind of fun. And at this point, she is really close to the end. A thousand miles down, only about 200 to go. 
But the other Aaron and his wife Lexi, they're doing it the hard way. Coming up, when the trail goes from dirt to asphalt, and you're walking through civilization with a backpack and a heat rash. They're part of the trip when we come back. When I was talking with um, Aaron, the other Aaron, yeah, Aaron Brennan is her name, and eventually she will come zooming. She and a guy named Thomas who has a beard uh, will come zooming by you on bike. Okay, awesome. Okay, um, that's gonna be fine. Aaron, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you'll know. <laughs> and she knows you guys are out here too. I'm gonna text her They made it before you. So. So back in Oak Ridge, when I was talking to Aaron and Lexi Harris, Aaron Brennan was still up in the mountains, more than 60 miles behind where they were on the trail. Now, both of them knew that the other hikers were out there. In fact, I had tried to connect them all via text message. So, and I still need to get you um, Aaron and Lexi's contact info, so yeah. I need to text. And look, I'm not like a producer on The Bachelor. I'm not trying to contrive situations here, but I am still a producer, and I was really rooting for the moment that Aaron and Lexi and Aaron would come up on each other on the trail and actually get to meet. So while I waited for that to happen, everybody kind of kept going, mostly in silence. It had been a while since I heard from the Harrises, and so after I drove out to see Aaron Brennan on the coast, I texted Aaron and Lexi, and we set up a designated meeting place. Am I right that this was your first time at Bojangles? I believe so. so. The Bojangles in Goldsboro. North Carolina. Like, you all are so, like, nice and polite. Like, I've never heard anybody go into Bojangles and say, like, what would you get? Like, I don't think anybody ever asked that question. Because you're like, what, what, what's good here? I love asking that when I'm in any restaurant. But then- Anyway, we settled into a corner booth, and right away, I found out that Lexi and Aaron and Aaron did not meet each other. Because while Aaron Brennan was flying across the state on a bike, Aaron and Lexi were nowhere near the trail. We took a break and went to the beach, Curie Beach, for a week. Which was delightful. Which was so awesome. We ate so much. We just, like, lounged. So, remember back when Aaron and Lexi said they were treating this trip as kind of like an extended vacation? Well, when they got to Durham, the Harrises left their extended vacation to go to the beach on another vacation. Now, I realize this might shatter the image of the dedicated thru-hiker who only sleeps in his or her tent, who presses on through the extreme heat and cold, who doesn't get off the trail until the very end. But the truth is, it is not all that unusual for a thru-hiker on any trail to hit pause and take days or even more than a week off. Because, look, hiking is tough, and sometimes the real world intervenes. Earlier on, Aaron and Lexi got off the trail for a few days to go to a funeral. Aaron Brennan went home to Southern Pines for a weekend or two to deal with bills and some paperwork. The point being, there's no right or wrong way to complete an entire trail. Some of the people who hike the MST start at the ocean and head west. Some people have skateboarded parts of it or done bits on horseback. There is no time limit. You can even switch directions in the middle of your through hike, which, after their vacation, Aaron and Lexi did. We've been back on trail for a couple days, feeling pretty good. So after their trip to Curie Beach, Aaron and Lexi got dropped off on the trail, but not in Durham, where they'd left off. 
I don't know. We're in Clayton this afternoon, and we're going to, we've taken a short day. We're going to try to sit somewhere, uh, watch the U.S. women's soccer play in the World Cup. And um, Clayton is about yeah, 50 miles further down the trail from Durham. So after Curie, we had to oh. hike oh, right, right, right. east to west for, the general over for about four days. So we did some road walking, <laughs> more road walking in blazing heat. You guys, it is so hot. This is the first week we've really had just consistently stifling weather um, to the point where we're trying to be pretty mindful about getting breaks um, during the middle of the day when it's super hot. Um, and then we hit the, uh, the Noose River Trail Greenway. Mm -hmm. Super pretty. nice. Yeah. That long stretch of Greenway meant shade. And around Raleigh and Durham, there is a lot of Greenway. In fact, any moment spent out of the sun was a blessing. The ideal, the ideal <laughs> hiking situation. Thank you, Lord, for shade. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. The road usually meant direct sunshine, right as the southern heat and humidity were settling in. And I think it made Aaron and Lexi a little crazy. So I went back and listened to some of the recordings from the MST. So, the other day, I don't think it's recording, baby. I think it is. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell because of the sun. We're going to go with it. In one of them, they're on the roadside, trying to pass the time by singing. And Lexi, she wants to sing songs from the softball fields of her youth. I'll sing it. Actually, we'll sing it. Okay, one, two, three. Rolling, rolling, rolling. The pitcher's going bowling. She'll kill you, grave digger. Give those worms a helmet. Save the worms, save the wormy, save, save the wormy. But Aaron, who has never shown me anything even approaching anger so far on the trail, sounds sort of ticked off of the sun in an Aaron sort of way. But Aaron, if you had a different theme song, also for so your days rude. out here? For my days out here? What would it be? Oh my gosh. Something about the sun. Here uh, comes the sun. No, not do, that one. Do, Too do. happy. Too uh, happy? What's the one about walking on the sun? I'm walking on sunshine. I don't know. That, that sounds too happy too. Something you... about being... Brutally attacked by the sun. That's what I need. Okay, we that is kind of happening right now, but you're kind of being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They're out on the side of the road, in the heat, in the sun, with cars whizzing by, with heavy backpacks on, and, in Lexi's case, a heat rash. When I talked to them about it in Goldsboro, they tried to see it in a glass-half-full sort of way, but still. They're, you know, pros and cons. So we were going faster. We had a little bit more access to civilization, like could pop in a convenience store and get a cold drink or something, which was a perk. But it was a lot harder because you're not having any shade from trees. You know, there's not as much to look at. It's loud because all the cars are passing. And you have to watch out for cars. And you have to watch <laughs> out for the cars. Um, a lot of the places we were walking like clearly are not built for pedestrians and so we would be on busy roads oftentimes crossing bridges um 
and there's just very little shoulder and sometimes the cars are like honking at us like they're mad and we're like we don't have anywhere else to be we're on this trail this is our like trail. leave us alone yeah. <laughs> and so that can be kind of challenging for sure um i think we did pretty well with it one thing that probably helped was we did a little bit more music or listening to podcasts um which i feel like we we did very rarely in the mountains just because there was so much to look at and you know we didn't have as many opportunities to charge our phones um but being on the roads i kind of that was kind of a treat that i didn't feel guilty using because there wasn't quite as much to look at and you've got all the traffic noise and stuff so that was nice and i did a self-directed sociology case study and just waved to every car (laughs) and noted the many different ways that people would wave or not wave back (laughs) so what are your findings um it, it was a wide range of responses i got some glares i got some people just ignoring me and then some people would really enthusiastically wave back. A few people even waved to me before I waved to them. Those were the real treats. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was great. Super fun research. Yeah. <laughs> so, earlier, I mentioned that the Mountains of Sea Trail is not like the Appalachian Trail. It's older, longer, more popular cousin. And when I said that, I didn't mean it in a bad way. Because, yes, on the AT, you're not really dealing with a long stretch of road walking. You're not really dodging cars. You're not one of only a handful of through hikers. But on the AT, you can sort of lose touch with reality. The trail never leaves the mountains. Some people describe it as an endless green tunnel. On the Mountains to Sea Trail, the mountains are only the beginning. Because when you get to the Piedmont, you're back in the middle of the state where the people are. You're walking through big cities, and you're seeing everything, and everybody is seeing you in a whole new light. Like one day we sat outside of that Dollar General and had our lunch, and these two little, uh, like adolescent yeah, girls came up to us, and and one of them kind of was the ringleader, and she asked us what we were doing, and she knew about the trail because... Um, a portion of it in Durham right now there's a lot of construction going on so it's kind of been reworked through her neighborhood and so um, you know she lives right on trail at least for now and so her mom came over after and gave us her address and was like you know when you guys pass our house feel free to come in get a snack get a drink you know sit on our rocking chairs um, that sort of thing and that's the thing when you're trying to make your way across the state on foot or on a bike A little help goes a long way. It makes a long stretch of road a little more bearable, a little easier, a little better. It is Friday the 21st. We just finished hiking and we got to this campground that's on someone's private land. And there's a little sign that says it's maintained by friends of the MST volunteers. And there's what looks like an old kind of farming structure and this nice field and there's a fire pit with benches and there's picnic tables and there's a tub of bottled water. And we were just amazed when we came out of the woods and saw this. It's so nice. It's so nice. 
we didn't have listed that there'd be water on the guide and when we walked up and saw a tub of bottles of water for through hikers uh that is just our nightmare There's a term for these people who help hikers without expecting anything in return. Trail angels. We'll meet some of them in our next episode. And later in this season, as we near the end, all of our hikers face their biggest challenges yet. Yeah, to be honest, it was really defeating. And it was like a really tough moment for me. Um, You know, immediately, like my thought is like, you're giving up or you're quitting. One of them is a problem that almost sinks the entire journey. We're hopeful it's going to work out, but a little bit growing increasingly worried, I might say. It may not. (laughs) Hopefully it's going to work out. We'll see. Because we really want to finish the trail. We'll see. All of it is ahead on the last three episodes of Away Message. This podcast is a production of Our State Magazine, celebrating North Carolina for more than 85 years. Head to OurState.com, click on subscribe, and use the promo code AWAY to get $5 off a year's subscription. It is our thank you for listening to the show. This episode was produced by James Mischkowski. Our intern is McKenna Smith. Our website is OurState.com slash podcast. If you like the show, please give us a good rating or review and tell a friend. I'm Jeremy Markovich. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here again in two weeks. Charlie, do you like Tar Heels? Yeah. Why do, why do you like the Tar Heels? Oh, yeah. You were. I love Tar Heels. You love them. Yeah. Because that's where we live. I know that. Do you like watching them play basketball? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Even football. Even football. Good. Are they good at football? Um, um one time they were out we in all, the We all know the answer, but don't. One time one they won. They won. They won. One they time they, they were out from basketball. See, the Duke, Duke won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Duke wins, huh? Yeah. Yeah.